we'll start off, we'll, we'll go back about 10 years um, with your club. Uh, is it Ross Lee? Ross Lee? Ross Lee? Ross Lee, Ross Lee, Ross Lee, Ross Lee, Ross Lee yeah. Um, Jesus, 10 years. God, yeah. I'm, to, I'm, I'm feeling old already and we're only two minutes into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at it there. It was um, it was your first first uh, senior championship win since eighty six. Is that right? Eighty four. Oh, eighty six. No, you're right. Eighty six. Yeah. yeah. And you right. were on, you would have been what seventeen, eighteen that time. Yeah, I was seventeen. Um, I still would have been in school in St Michael's. Um, yeah, that was our first championship in twenty four years. We had lost the previous year. Um, Derek Onley beat us quite well, actually, in the in the previous year's championship final. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I was seventeen, just turned seventeen, yeah. And describe that like you'd hear it. You know, it might happen every year to be some county that a team comes up and they haven't won a championship in twenty years, or they've never been in a senior championship final before and they win. Like, what was that like for for your club to come and win that championship? Um, well, I suppose for for Rosley, we we had. Growing up, myself growing up, would have been used to being Rosleigh, being a, a middle Division 2 team in Fermanagh. Would have always had good tradition when it comes to the championship, but just hadn't featured over the last 20 years. But um, we would have had seven or eight really, really good footballers that would have got on any team in Fermanagh and, and would have been county standard footballers. But maybe um, for, I don't know what way the lifestyle of some of the players might have suited winning championships. Right, um, yeah. We were we got promoted in two thousand and eight. I wasn't playing that year. Came in in two thousand and nine. Um, came into the senior panel in two thousand and nine. We were promoted from Division Two, and we got to the county final that year, which was a big surprise for a lot. Probably a bigger surprise for a lot of Rosslea people and the players that were involved because. We hadn't been used to winning championship matches. We hadn't actually won up until two thousand and nine. We hadn't won a championship game in thirteen years. Right. Okay. So we kind of when we got into that taste, we got a taste of a county final. We really bonded a team together. We brought a few new faces, like the likes of myself. A few other lads came in from the minor team, county minors, and I think with the players that we had, and plus we had a we got a really good management team in in 2008-2009 with Peter McGinnity, um, a Rosalia legend, came back and really, really just put his foot down with a lot of players. Okay. Um, more or less, there's the door. If you want to go, go. But he's going to play with the boys that, that want to be here. And, and to yeah. be fair to a lot of the lads, they put their shoulder to the wheel and, and probably pushed on for what was probably one of the most successful eras in the, in the club of Rosalia. You know, we went on and won four championships and lost three. Um, but as a 17-year-old coming into a team, at that stage, I was coming into a team that weren't used to winning. And I came onto a team that suddenly started to win. Yeah. Um, so there was a big difference there between me and some of the senior players. Senior players were used to getting beat in championship games, whereas I wasn't, along yeah. with other lads. And I think the, the youth of us that came in and... As I said, not used to getting beat was a big plus to them lads, and really probably probably give them the kick up the arse really that they needed to yeah. to push on, you know. And then, like, as you're saying there, that that mentality you had coming in as youngsters and not used to losing, did the management team kind of not structure the team around G, but did 
do they kind of use that to the to the advantage like in with the older players kind of like these guys are used to winning no you've got to you've got to start winning now because they're not going to you know you're not going to learn to to lose in that sort of way possibly yeah but um with the management team that came in they really just flipped it back down to the bare bones and we had I mean, we had the likes of GM Sherry, Peter Sherry, Jamie Quigley that was there, thereabouts, coming and going, maybe a bit, Connor Quigley, other lads, really, really, really good footballers, but mm. for whatever reason or other, whether it was the management teams that were lax the days before it, it just didn't work out. Um, but as this, I think we, we got three, maybe three or four really, really good players coming through aged from the minor team, <coughs> excuse me, from the minor team which we just didn't have before. Uh, three or four players that really pushed it on a wee bit. Um, and with the experience of the team that was already there, I think we made a really, really strong team. And But it's, it's, it's hard to tell why we really weren't successful in them number of years before that, because we always had good players. We always had really good players. But uh, it was just whether was getting them all on the pitch at the one time and, and singing from the same hip sheet, really. And okay. to be fair to Peter McGinnity, he'd he done that. He brought us back to basics. There was nothing fancy about it. So 20, that, was, that was 2010. And since then, you've, you've been pretty successful. Is it four championships since, since that? You've yeah, won we, we, won a, we won again in 11. Um, we weren't, didn't feature in 12. We won again in 13. Won again in 14. Uh, we lost in 15. And uh, we weren't, we didn't feature there for a few years, and then we got beat again last year. So, if, if it hadn't been for Derek Only Harps coming so strong, we probably could have had seven or eight championships, and there's probably no doubt about it that we would have won that. Um, yeah, they were so strong, you know. They're they're on five in a row now, aren't they? They're going on to six in a row now. Yeah, um, fortunately for them, but unfortunately for everyone else, we're just playing a bit of catch up at the minute. Yeah, we're um, going for six. To be fair to them, they've. They've really, they've really stepped it up now in terms of club footballing from Anna. Hmm. And then just moving on, the following year, then 2011, you're still, you were still in school when you got called into that for Man a senior panel, were you? I was, yeah. In 2011, I got called into the Fermanagh panel um, just shortly after the 2010 final. Okay. Um, I was still in St Michael's. We were playing the McCrory Cup. Um, we, had a, we had a strong enough team, so I was kind of let go after the Mechanic Cup to concentrate on the school football with the with the thing to come back in after the school football was over. Um, so we we were unlucky enough in the McCrory Cup that year. Uh, I think some Pat's Dunk Yannon beat us by two or three points in the semi-final. We had some quality, quality footballers on, on that team. All boys that really, most of them went on to play county football. Um, likes of Aidan Breen. Kane Connors, Eddie Courtney, Richie Donnelly, Trillick, Rory yeah. Brennan. Um, we had, so we had, a, we had a really good team. And we were fortunate enough not to, not to push on in that Rory Cup. Fast and, forward uh, then, three, four years, it's obviously going to take time to rebuild <laughs> with bringing in the likes of yourself that are still, that's still in school. You know, them, likes, the likes of them lads need them two or three years to get used to playing inter-county football. 2015 was... a Pretty big year for Fermanagh. He had the two wins against Antrim and then he beat Roscommon and Westmead. And then there was the trip up to Crow Park as well. What was the, the reaction in the team when, when you drew Dublin? Was it kind of like, 
oh shit, we've drawn the dubs, or was it like there's a big chance here to go out and play in Crow Park? Um, it's hard to know, really. I, I can't really remember, but all the, I can remember thinking, you know, after beating Westmeath, that everyone was in such a high, they probably didn't realise what they were getting themselves into. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, come here. I think it was... Every time you get the chance to play Dublin, you have to look forward to it. There wasn't there wasn't a, a thing of saying, oh, for fuck's sake, they we're going to go up here and get humiliated, like... Yeah. Um, as a footballer, as a footballer from the likes of a county like Fermanagh, them opportunities don't come along too often. So I think the players kind of they really just enjoy the experience of it, the build up to the game. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fear thing of going up and being shown up after having such a good year, but. I think yeah. the, I think we all look, we look forward. I personally myself I couldn't wait, um, yeah. because you know it's a gold cliche you're saying as a youngster you always say you, you want to play in Crow Park and on a in a in a big game and, and we got the opportunity to do that and and come here I I remember for as long as I'm alive and I'm sure a lot of other Fermanagh people will too. Yeah, but, uh, know, it was a great opportunity. And then so there was that game that was a. For yourself, that was a big year. You had you were a second top scorer in, in the championship, top scorer across all four divisions in the league, and then you kicked one eight the day against Dublin. And there's a few people asking the questions about that that goal. And uh, so, is it a case of Cluxon's coming out with the ball? Are you are you pushing him to just set him back a few steps, or just to are you actually aiming to send him over the line? You know, I get come here, to be fair. For all my years of playing football, I think that'll be just my claim to fame forever. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I get the feeling, come here, if it had been in the middle of the field, I'd have hit him a dunt anyway, but people nearly expect you because, like, I don't know Stephen Cluxton personally, probably a nice fella, but, um, you know, it just, people nearly expected me to move out of his road and roll out a road red carpet for him and say, Jesus, sorry, Stephen, I'm on your way here. Got him yeah. awful sorry about that. Look at me coming up from Fermanagh and getting in your road. Um, so, in my, so fuck them, really. That's just, just right in my But, come here. It was just one of those things, that, a, a, an instant reaction, you know. It, it might happen a hundred times in a match. The referee really and truly should have blew the whistle. It was a free out. But, uh, you know, was I going to say to the referee, oh, Jesus, ref, nah, that's no, to give him a free. Give poor Stephen a free. You know, he's from Dublin, I'm from Fermanagh. He deserves the free. You were straight up to the umpires, though, as well. <laughs> because, you know, as soon as it happened, as soon as it happened, whatever way I looked, I seen the umpire in the left-hand post, and he looked across the goal line and, and, and signaled towards the other umpire. So I said that these boys, these boys are, are dodgy enough here, so I'm going to have a word with them and see what the crack is. Because I knew by the two of them, there was that much noise and commotion going on. They completely shit themselves, really, and they didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um like I wasn't gonna go in and say, Oh, don't put up that flag, it's no goal like um I knew by them I knew they were flustered looking, so um it's a pity for them really because it was a bad mistake yeah. the referee and the fact that they were there and they had a big part to play in it. It was a pity for them, but sure you just have to take it with goals. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then so you get nominated for, for the All Star <laughs> and then you went you would have gone up to the 
to the do itself then? Ah, yeah. Good night out. You know, I wasn't going up. I knew I wasn't going to get an All-Star. Um, which, which was probably a bit, for myself, I, I didn't expect to get one, but I, I probably wasn't that far away, you know. Only there was some really, really, really top-class footballers there. Yeah. I'd like to think I was maybe seventh or eighth on the list of forwards, you know. Um, yeah. No, it was a good night out. Myself, my girlfriend, father and sister went up. And, you know, it's nice to, to be associated with some of the best footballers in Ireland. Um, it was a it was a great, great night out. That's, you know, really, that's all it was. It was a night out, a couple of beers, night out in Dublin. And yeah. just enjoying myself, really. It, it wasn't that I was going up and... You know, crying about getting an All-Star nomination and being so proud of myself and taking pictures all around Dublin. It was just, it was just a night out, really. That's yeah, that's about it. There was a bit of a free bar and Can't you, know, you, get, you, you mingle in with a few of the other lads and you just take it as it comes, really. Like at that stage, you know you're not going to get an All-Star. So, um, no, it was grand. It was dead on. It was nothing, nothing, nothing special, really. And we'd see it like, well, we see it like on the telly and that, the All-Stars. Is it kind of like, you know, you go, you get your, the guys that get the All-Star, get the All-Star and sit and have a few drinks and go home? Or, do you know, does everyone let their hair down and, and go? I know. There was a right few of them. <laughs> everyone lets their hair down a good bit, you know. Um, it was a late enough night. Um, I probably finished up early enough compared to some of the boys, you know. I remember going home, I'm not naming any names, going home. The following day, the following morning, and there was a right few lads coming staggering in, um, and lads that you wouldn't expect it of. You know, yeah. <laughs> you pick up the paper and you pick up the newspaper, and they're doing interviews and they're so regimental in what they're saying. They're you nearly think they're coming out of the army, and next yeah. you see them stumbling into the through the foyer of the Gibson Hotel about quarter to eight in the morning, absolutely legless, not knowing where they were. You know. And <laughs> um, so that was a nice surprise, you know, to see that them boys were human as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, we just just to move away from the All Stars, and then a couple <laughs> of years down the line again, those twenty sixteen, you're knocked out by Mayo in the championship. The year after, knocked out by Armagh. Twenty eighteen then was kind of like it kind of seemed like a year that should have followed on from twenty fifteen. You had a very good year, twenty fifteen, twenty eighteen. You get promoted to Division Two, and then you had a good run um, in Ulster as well, getting to the Ulster final. And if I'm right in saying this, you were going for the, your first Ulster championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015 was a was a good year. It was just a good year. We only won. We got promoted from Division Three, which was probably expected. Um, we got a good run on the Ulster Championship. We got a good win against Armand Monaghan, and, and you know we got we got tanked in the Ulster final, um, which was really disappointing. But the whole year in, in, in general, like Rory and uh, Rory Gallagher came in in, in two thousand fifteen, and uh, Ryan McManaman, Shane McCabe, and they took us to be fair to them to a completely new level with regards to conditioning and, and mentality and and a system of play, a system of play that probably wasn't too attractive for people to watch. Mm-hmm. But with the players that we had, with what Rory had seen, with the players that we had and, and the system that we were playing, it was effective because it won games. We won yeah. games. 
we won games that generally that we wouldn't be winning. Um, so in terms of that, it was it was a good year. Obviously, we didn't win and we lost the Division Three final, um, lost the Ulster final, and probably just we got tanked by Kildare. But that was just a hangover. We weren't as bad as that. It was a hangover from the from the Ulster final. <coughs> yeah. It was nearly impossible to get ourselves back up to that level that we were at before the Ulster final. Yeah. Okay. So it was always going to be a tough day against Kildare, but it was generally a good year, you know. And, you know, in terms of conditioning of the players and the mentality and, and the togetherness, and it was it was probably one of the best years that I have had underneath. Right. From Anna Colors since I've started playing. And you had like, so you beat obviously beat Armagh is is a great way to get get the ball rolling, and then Monaghan to beat Monaghan as well. You're going into an Ulster final, having beaten two. Very big teams. Was the the whole thing of uh, the Donegal game? Did it just, you know, you you went to got bit by Kildare? Did the losing the Ulster final? Did that just like kind of suck the not suck the life out of the team, but like the the momentum you had in that? Do you feel? Well, what you're saying, I would agree. You said uh, sucked the life out of the team. That's exactly what it done. Um, right. We we beat Armagh. We beat Armagh. And the snow that Armagh have improved an awful lot over the few years, but we beat them by five points. We completely dominated the game. We never looked like losing. Mm-hmm. Against Monaghan, although we got a late goal, we dominated possession. We were the better team. We just didn't take enough chances. And we fully, fully, it wasn't a. You can pick up the paper and you can see it's one eight to ten points. It looks like a smash and grab. It wasn't that way. Maybe in the end it was. But we completely controlled that game. We played the game in our terms. And and that's one thing that Rory Gallagher put into us when we were going out to play. We, we played the game in our terms. It was we set the tone early and we just we know what we're about. And I think that's what got us through to those the final that we were so well structured. Um, I mean like down to the last detail. We every man knew his job. Um and obviously those the final the, the beating we took I don't, I, even to this day I don't know what went wrong that day because I remember the preparation for the final was just it was unbelievably detailed yeah and it just it just blew up basically for us you know I don't know whether it was the occasion got to us there's that many ifs and buts I can't put my finger on it but it was it's a big regret for the players because we knew we know now and it's easy saying that now I'm not saying we would have beat Donegal, but we were definitely not ten points worse off than that Donegal team. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so you had you had that year, that 2018, and so you're saying how the the, the change that Rory Gallagher made to made to the team, like what what did he bring? I know you're saying the the team structure and stuff like that. What did he bring that? The team didn't have just before that. Well, first of all, what he done was he got the best players that were available to play football in Fermanagh. He got them onto the pitch. That's the first thing he done. That players might have been in great physical condition, or whatever, but he got them out. He got them involved. Um, and then for 
six months we trained like absolute dogs and that is no exaggeration we trained seven days a week and like, yeah. people now will talk about their training six nights a week but two of them could be recovery sessions yeah and they're calling training sessions and it sounds good we were training seven days a week no recovery sessions it was training until you can train no more and i mean and that's no exaggeration we were training literally running life the life out of us for seven days and yeah. that went on for a good five five six months from early october right through right through the league um and right up until the ulster championship um and it was it, it probably was <sighs> over the years from anna have been perceived as probably a nice team to watch a good like they're We've always punched above our weight in terms of playing teams. Like we played Mayo in 2016, should yeah. have beat them. Mm-hmm. You know, we should have beat Mayo, but that's typical for Mana. That right. was typical for Mana. It was go and play Tyrone in the National League, you beat me two points, come home, listen to people saying, God, just just done well today, just played well, and we got fucking beat. You know, yeah, doesn't matter if you play well or not. I think that's one thing he took, he put into our heads that there's no point. Moral victories don't get you anywhere. It's about winning. Yeah. And I think that hard training, the training he done, it, it gave us a, it gave us a set of balls to say, you know, that's the way to talk about it. When yeah. we went out and played the likes of our man, there would have been a fear factor simply because, not that our man are a better team than us at the minute, just maybe mm-hmm. of the tradition of the thing of Armagh being traditionally strong with them for Mana or Monaghan being strong with them for Mana or what, you know what I mean? But we just we just grew a set really. That's yeah. basically what we done and we went out and like there's no point in saying it. We were a horrible we were horrible to play against. Like if I was playing for the other team I'd uh, just pack me bags and go home we were absolutely horrible to play against. And in saying that a lot of people will say we were horrible to watch, which is fair enough. Yeah. And totally, I do agree with them. I wouldn't like to watch it. But if that was going to bring us an Ulster title, yeah, genuinely like. didn't give a shite what anyone thought. Yeah. Um, which is a pity that it didn't because, to be fair to Rory, Rory probably gets a bit of bad press for being, mm. which what looks like negative football, and in saying that we had we had some good, really good forwards. We had Shamie Quigley, Thomas Corrigan, Rory Corrigan, myself, um, Aidan Brain, good scoring forwards, Eddie Courtney. But he just saw that as the, the system of play to go on. It was definitely effective, one hundred percent effective until the Ulster final, obviously, but um which is a pity it's a pity we didn't get a bit of silverware of it. Yeah. Because you know, it's easy. It's easy to slay the team when they're not winning. If we had a won that, you know, you can see, you would have seen other teams go down to use that template. It's lower leagues teams that are going to be playing against tougher opposition. But as I say, it was horrible to watch, horrible to play against, but it was effective. Yeah. And just to go on to uh, the, well, this, when I said the current football season, of, of what's been played so far. Was it, it was the start of this year that you left the county panel? 
yeah, yeah, but I left at Christmas, just uh, just uh, just before Christmas. Um, just one of those things, really. I, uh, I've been at it now from I was seventeen. I'm twenty-seven now, so it's nearly ten years mm. in the sea in the county scene. But I just genuinely wasn't enjoying it, um, and the fact that I was there and not enjoying it probably wasn't fair on the other lads because they were training away and I was probably going there and I was half arsed about it and probably not training as much as I should be and looking for excuses to get out of training and right. just and that's probably to be fair to like, when I'm training if I'm on it I'll train and train the best but I just when I found myself starting to think like that I just said you know I'm better off not here because it only takes a player like that to drain energy out of the whole squad because um, yeah. I've seen it happening over the years. So I decided to step away from it. Um, and to be fair, it's not something that I... I definitely don't regret it. But when you're going to watch matches, you know, in a National League and you're sitting in the stand and, and Fermanagh's maybe struggling a wee bit and you're thinking, Jesus, God, I could, I could have scored that. I could have made that pass. I could have made that bit of difference. Yeah, it's frustrating. It definitely is very frustrating, and you'd love to be there. But on a Tuesday evening, when you're clocking out of work and you're getting to go home, instead of putting a kit bag into the car and driving to Irvingstown or driving to Enniskillen, yeah, um, I definitely don't regret it then. But um, I think yeah. people get the perception once you step away from the county team that you have quit football, you have no interest in football. Yeah. And that's not the case. Um, no, it's it's been strange. It definitely has been strange because for the last ten years, it's been the norm for me to be playing in national league games, to be going to training. Um, and to be fair, with all the extra time, it's it's hard to know what to do at times. You'd be yeah. thinking, God, have I made the right choice here? But um, honestly, I I do. At times when the matches are on and you see the games, you'd love to be playing, but it's not something that I that I regret doing. Definitely not. No, um, it's just just the way it worked out. wasn't wasn't happening for me, and I'm not saying that I'll never play county football again. If I don't, I don't. But it's not something that I have thought about. I just decided to take at the time. I decided yeah, right. to take a couple of months out. Simple as that. And, yeah, and I think. Um, so we're just going to move on now, um, Sean, to the questions. And just I want to thank everyone for sending in questions. There was, there was a, lot of, a lot of good feedback and a lot of people looking forward to this podcast. So first, first question, um, I'm not going to name out any names, bear, bear for one question, but the first question is, the toughest inter-county opponent you've had, toughest full-back or, or cornerback you've had, where can you? Jesus, that's a good one. Toughest full black. Um, so when I, I never forget my first my Ulster Championship debut was up in Celtic Park against Derry. I was only 17 and we were going into it and we had absolutely no chance. And I mean no chance. Like we were we were just coming hoping to come out of there alive. And I remember going in and it was Kevin McCloy he was marking. He used to be the Derry fullback. And he was probably coming to his latter stages of his career. And he, I remember shaking his hand. And I'm not even going to lie. The fear of God was in me. I was just absolutely breaking myself because he was a big, lovely man. He shook. He nearly broke. 
me four fingers in my hand, and yeah. I just did, I just could not wait to get home. Um, he just intimidated me so much, but that was just pure fear that day. I think it wasn't that he was the best full back or anything, Mark. But um, it's hard to answer that. Uh, I'd probably go with Charlie Vernon from Armagh was was hard. It was a hard mark, hard man to get away from. And another thing, what he done, he used to hate. He'd put you in the back foot. He'd go for a run. He'd go for a sprint up the field. And that was just... Oh, it's a nightmare in the full forward. Then run after a full back. Because, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I wouldn't be that dynamic at, at long distance running. And when Charlie Vernon decided, he knew exactly what he was at. He had no interest in getting the ball. But he'd just go. And you had to go with him because... He didn't want the ones in the crowd looking at you that useless, lazy fucker in the full forward line to do nothing, you know? Yeah. So yeah. probably Charlie Vernon. And to be fair to him, he was 100%. You know, he was a good footballer, a good clean footballer. And um, I never looked forward to marking Charlie Vernon. Yeah, so he's probably the toughest I've come across so far. Yeah. And Neil McGee, obviously, Neil, like I'd say about Neil McGee, that you don't have to explain what Neil McGee brings to the game. He's, yeah. he's the ultimate shithouser, you know? So. <laughs> at the, yeah, everyone knows what he's like, but a good hard hitting footballer and leaves you with no no inch, no. So uh, next question. Does county population have much to do with a county's success? Yeah, in my opinion, maybe over the years for Manor would have used that a bit like that as an excuse. Mm. Um Does what? Does really, it, is it eighteen clubs of Fermana? Eighteen clubs, yeah, there's <sighs> Was ten, 10 senior clubs um, and 10 intermediate clubs, um, or no, eight, eight senior clubs, eight intermediate clubs, and four junior clubs. Right. Uh, two, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, no, I think that's it's just an excuse, you know. And mm. personally, I would have used it over the years. Um, but if you have 15 lads, 25, 25, 30 lads all going in the right direction, the same direction, and, and there's an end goal, and, and they know what, what, what the goal is. I don't think it is. Like, look at Monaghan. Monaghan, for an example, are just they're what, the smallest population county-wise in Ireland, and, and they're continuously yeah. cutting it up and beating the big boys on all the day, or every day they go out, you know. But no, I don't think it's... It's an excuse the teams would like likely use. Teams like Fermanagh that have used myself personally have used over the years. Um, um, next question: Your career highlights so far? Career highlights. Um, I suppose on a club scene, winning that first championship in two thousand and ten um, was massive for for Rossley here. It really kicked us on to. We probably underachieved a bit we only won we won four championships and looking back in 50 years time we'll be saying god that was a great team but it could have done so much more but winning that championship was a personally was a was a highlight for me obviously individually getting a, an all-star nominee a couple of all-star all-stars and that run in 2015 was brilliant we had a, a massive game against Roscommon up in Brewster Park where we come back from seven down and Want to be a point, you know. The games like that are very, they'll never be forgotten. So yeah, but personally, I think the one was a, the biggest highlight was probably the day we beat Monaghan in 2018. Right. Um, the fact that I'm living right on the border here with Monaghan, so yeah, um, 
and to get to an Ulster final was 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 brilliant. <coughs> Personal highlight there, yeah. And just as you were saying there, this is, I think about ten or twelve people asked asked about this. You were saying how you're living on the on the Monaghan border there, and there's a story that's kind of attached to you with a a late, a late night feast. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's nearly as bad as the the clocks and goal that thing that that'll follow me forever too. But yeah, yeah, that's I don't know whether to say fortunately or unfortunately. It's a true, it's a true one. Yeah, um, it was a good night. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, yeah. For the, for those who don't know what what the story is, would you mind? Uh... I don't think there's too many that doesn't know what. Google it. Google it. Google it. They'll find it. They'll find it. What was on the pizza? That's another question, actually. What was on the pizza? I think there was a bit of everything on it. I'm not sure. Is that long ago? It wasn't that nice that I remembered what was on it. I knew more about it the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> and what about that? Just on that story, the conversation with the, the leash fullback. Like, what was, what was the conversation there? That part of the story. Uh, you know, it's... It's that long ago, but uh, I vaguely remember being there. Being in, it was a court nation. It was a sweltering hot day, and, and we probably we were very we didn't have much of a chance, but ended up that we were we were very unlucky that day. But cut a long story short, a, a good friend of mine here in Rosslea was he walked in the local pub, and he was finished. Uh, Might have been half one one o'clock, and he called down to the house here. And, I said, I'll go for the spin with him into Monaghan. He was going to get a feed. He was going, I'll go for the spin with him. So I was in there and decided, I'll get myself a pizza here. Sure, it'll do no harm because we're going to get hammered tomorrow anyway. You know, that was that was the thinking. <laughs> so I got the pizza and I, I ate most of it. Um, went on to Port Leash. And I remember, I remember going down on the bus and I had I was thinking, myself, Jesus, I shouldn't have ate that. You know, it was boiling hot. Yeah. I got about five slices of pizza stuck in me. <laughs> and we're playing a qualifier game, which was live in RTE as well the same day. Okay. Jesus Christ, this is going to be, I'm going to be showing up here. But anyone out there, I am. Um, I'm not sure what the leash fullback was. His name was, oh, can't think of what his name is. Anybody was, several fell on. We got chatting early on, and he was chatting away, and we were just jabbering on away, and he was telling me what, I was saying, like, what would you just eat? So I just make it up a stupid conversation. What would you just eat before a match? Or you know, He was telling me all the right answers, you know, fair play to him, a mm. good, solid, living, full back, you know, doing everything by the book. Yeah. And I just told him how straight what I had, and he was, I can remember him laughing, he was like, he thought I was taking a piss. Thought I was taking a piss, but I just told him anyway. And you know, it was it was one of them games where I could do nothing wrong. Everything I touched turned to gold. Finished with two eight, man and match. And I think it was only a short time after that when I I was talking in one of the newspapers about it that I remember the him the leash fullback himself. He realised that I was telling him the truth. He thought I was taking a piss, um, but no, that's. That's another claim to fame. Um, I'll not be remembered for my, my football in prowess. It'll be dodgy stories that are that are around it. <laughs> you scored. You scored two eight. In fairness, 
two eights and I had a great game and we were very unlucky not to win that game but I would just thought imagine if I had well if I hadn't have had the pizza I mightn't have scored two eight if I yeah. had it if I hadn't have had it I could have scored four ten you'd never know but yeah. sure, we'll never know we'll never know now um, leave that to the imagination I just say it's that I don't regret that either <laughs> <laughs> fair enough um, let me see next question um, a name you might know Eamon O'Hara Eamon O'Hara yeah yeah. here's a bit of a question for you here Eamon <laughs> asked what's the best excuse you ever used to get out of training best excuse that I ever used to get out of training to be fair to be fair I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a man for missing training Um. But you know, I'd say there's that many of them going down through the years. Um, Jesus, that's a tough one. Eamon might be able to tell me what it is. <laughs> I was watching, I was watching him in Locker again. You might join him. I was, was he who did he fall out with? Can't remember now. Um, the best excuse that I used when I was in training. Excuse. Jeez, I don't know. There's bound to be one. Um, I remember, funny enough, I'm not gonna. I wasn't involved in this one actually, but it was uh, a couple of lads that were still on the county team at the minute. Were coming from Belfast, and uh, they were driving out of Belfast anyway. But it was, if you know where we train, it's it's on the. I mean, the top of a hill. The best thing they have a windmill up on it, and that's the only thing that works. Um. They were coming and it was, I mean, it was a miserable night. And you're just thinking to yourself, fuck, this is just going to be complete torture. A couple of car loads of boys from Belfast coming out. And next thing they were on the motorway, pulled in on the motorway. One of them got out, took several pictures of the car with the bonnet open, um, took a wheel off the car, took the picture of it and, and sent it to Pete McGrath, who was the manager at the time. Telling them that they were in a handling here on the motorway in Belfast. Um, funny enough, there was two cars from Belfast going that night, and the boys that were coming behind them didn't didn't back them up when they got back to training. Anyway, they were all screwed. <laughs> I don't know who it was squealed on them, but there was four or five lads that took the took the effort to take a wheel off a car on the side of the motorway, take a picture of it, and uh, send it to Pete McGrath. Um, I'm not even sure if Pete McGrath knew how to walk WhatsApp at that stage, so he may be only getting the picture now. <laughs> so that's one of the excuses I wasn't there that night, but I'm sure there was plenty of excuses in, in my time, but I just can't think of one at the minute. That's very enough for good. And they were just thrown straight under the bus, like? Oh, yeah. Um, well, to be fair to them, we were all getting the shade run of us with hailstones and snow, and they were heading back up the road, maybe heading to the Hatfield for a few pints. <laughs> um, I'm not saying if I hadn't been in the car, I'd have been at the same. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't do. And I say fair play to them. <laughs> oh man. Um, let me see now. There's only one or two questions left. The next one is, and it's another story. It's the um, the time you turned you turned off the floodlights. Floodlights. Oh yeah, normal. 
that was a strange one too. I remember it was a National League game, I think. Um, I don't know how these stories get attached to my name. I think it's good. I have a, a good face for it. I don't know, but I remember there was a half time and there was a bit of a scuffle and on the pitch. There was a bit of scuffle on the pitch, and I decided to head on in anyway because. I had been in a bit of bother with the referee just shortly before that, so I said, right, keep your nose out of this because no doubt, all the time, 100% I will be picked out and I'll get coming out at half time, get booked or something. So I remember going in, but shortly before that, I had hit, well, I'd give the Armagh midfielder a bit of a jab. It was a, it was a, a bit of a, a bit of a Judas one. That's what Kieran yeah. McGinney called it anyway, but I remember going off the side and you know, Kieran McGinney's a big, strong man. Hey, and yeah. so many stories about him going around doing MMA and stuff. And I remember walking off, and I was walking off for myself because there was a bit of a scuffle in, in the middle of the field. And I could see him, I could eye him up, and I'd seen him make a beeline for me. And I said, like, fuck, this boy's going to give me a timber up and down this sideline here. Um, so <laughs> I was kind of breaking it then. So then, whatever happened, me and him got into a bit of a a bit of a verbal argument, and, and that's all it was, thank God, because he'd have choked me. Um, but anyway, the whole team's gathered in, and the whole lot gathered in, and um, there must have been 40 people in the, in, the, in the tunnel, and out of nowhere, the lights went off. I don't know if I turned the lights off or not, but I'm going to deny it anyway, but the lights went off, and there was a couple of slaps thrown, <laughs> and... Uh, and next, the lights went back on, and by the time the lights came back on, I was safely in the change room, so I didn't give it up. <laughs> yeah, it just because I had looked it up, and it was it was saying how I don't know, did it come on Wikipedia? I know Wikipedia isn't the most reliable thing to look at, anyways, but it came up saying how it, it was actually you that turned off the lights, and did the county board get a fine off it, or you got a match ban, or something like that? I got a match ban, and the county board got a five thousand pound fine. Um, thankfully, I didn't have to pay it, but <laughs> I don't know. It was—I think it was more—it was more to to fill a headline of the paper. And to be fair, it was a good one. It was a good headline. <laughs> yeah. because, to this day, it does look like I told the lights off, you know, because <laughs> um, was the first man in um, to come here. I, I actually don't know why. I could definitely got a match ban. I'm not sure what I got the match ban for. It definitely wasn't turning off the lights. Um, I think I might have been I might have been cited for something that happened during the match. But um, it's a it's a good story. I know. Shall we go with it? Yeah, we'll leave it as it is. Um, so yeah, that's all the questions. And thanks many to everyone who sent in the questions. Um, how are you finding this this isolation now, Sean? You know it's tough. It's it's tough enough, but luckily I've been I've been uh, still working there for the last couple of weeks, so it keeps you it keeps you busy. Yeah. Um. So I haven't really I haven't really seen the bad side of it yet. Um. Now I'm going to be off now for a week or two, so I'll see more then. Um. It's definitely tough. It's 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 strange. It's really really strange, but mm. um. Fortunately, you know I have. Good contacts never in the town, and you're always talking to people. The likes of this, social media, and uh, video calls, and it's it's good to keep in touch with people because 
you know, people isolating it's it it, it can't it can't be good for the for the head at times, you know. But you no, know, I, I as I say I've been lucky, very lucky that I've been still working and and that has been keeping me my myself busy and the and the head occupied and mm-hmm. and but now hopefully hopefully now it'll, it'll it'll pass now in the next few weeks because um it's tough, you know, when there's nothing on, there's no sport on. The yeah. sports a killer, you know. Um, even if there was any like on a Saturday there, you know, just to sit up and watch match of the day, you'd, you'd give everything to, to be able to do that. But it'll come with time, I suppose. Yeah, um, I think that finishes off the podcast. Um, Sean, thanks a million for joining me. No bother, Ian. Good luck with it. And thanks a million. Will do surely. Um, so that's episode three done, and thanks everyone for watching. And next week, I'll be back with another one. So uh, that's us done, and I'll stop recording. Right. Looking at it now, I don't think I think it's just a copy. <laughs> <laughs>